Welcome to this bonus episode of Pod Kitchen, where we're going to be talking spoilers about Barbie and Oppenheimer. If you didn't catch our full spoiler-free episodes, please go back and check episode 86, where we talked about Barbie and Oppenheimer and gave our thoughts and impressions on those. So please, if you haven't, go back and, and, and listen to those. But these will be spoiler thoughts on Barbie and Oppenheimer. So spoiler warning. So spoiler warning. To begin, Barbie, let's talk spoilers. Just on the main, uh, just following what we said in the main episode, I was talking about how the how it ends with Ken. I like the whole idea that Ken, you aren't, you don't have to justify your existence by the things that you own and do, and the way that you behave around women and other things. You you are enough. You are yes. Ken enough. Because he used says. to only, he was like, I only feel good when Barbie acknowledges yeah. my existence. It's and like that was, yeah, you that don't, was yeah, you don't need to bring women into your problems. You can actually or bring women into your identity you can just have yeah. something of your and own in barbie land the kens were competing against each other yes whereas in the real world which is again not accurate like all the men were like hey man you're the best you yeah. can be anything you can be a doctor you can be a, a businessman but you, you had some thoughts on the ending yeah so like there were a couple of things that i said in my spoiler free review which i said overall really really enjoyed the film thought it was such a wonderful satire of loads of different things and manages to balance so many different elements mm. but i felt like Towards the end, I, I was aware of how much the film was trying to do and how much of a burden I felt like it took on. Mm. And there were certain elements towards the end, certain sequences, which I felt like were maybe a little bit too much. We'd zoomed out a little bit, bit too far. I worried this film, despite being an amazing commentary on feminism, was maybe a little bit trying to solve so much about it. Mm. It's like, we, we've started to say so much. Do we need to solve it? Yeah. <laughs> I think this, that, yeah. My like, you don't need to try and do that in this film. You've already said it's, enough, it, which I think is really smart. It's like, this, needed, this only needed to be an introductory class. It didn't need to be the whole semester. Yeah. It's not like solve world hunger and world yeah. peace. Um, there's, a, there's a certain... Uh, so the character, Ruth Handler, who's introduced... Again, like I talked about the real world being presented is incredibly surrealist. That in the building of Mattel on the 17th floor, there's a it, setting... Like of, a matrix It really felt like going to see the Oracle at the Matrix. Yeah. Like uh, I think that is deliberate, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, you know, she goes to see this woman and I, I don't get that reference. So I'm a little bit confused. Yeah, I was lost too. But later, lost. but later, Will Ferrell says it's a ghost, right? Yes, yeah. it's a ghost. And then she comes in later. And I, I did find the scenes where, you know, Ruth and Barbie are talking about how Barbie, because Barbie's now become self-aware and she's solved the problems of trying to fix Barbie land. And now she's got to kind of go back into the mm. real world. She's kind of like Frodo when he goes back to the Shire. Nothing right. was ever the same. You, you can, sure. <laughs> that's my reference. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like that was a little bit of a weird presence to have at the end of your movie because the film really does divert quite a lot from mm. Barbie's problem and it becomes Ken's and, mm. and Barbie land. And I just... I didn't love that presence in there mm. as like, well, this is what's going to solve it. Like, yeah. did you find that? Even though I it think, got explained I, I, to I me, think, I was a little bit lost. I think the, it became quite didactic, you know, yeah. quite, oh, and then this, and you can do this. And, it, and, and, and I agree that it was the last 20 minutes of the exam when you're trying to get all the points that you know well and you've revised, but you're yeah. really rushing to get them in and you're running out of sp space on your page. Your page. <laughs> you do them in bullet points. <laughs> yeah. And it's like well-intentioned, and, and, uh, but you're right. Yeah, I think done a little differently but i don't know i have so much goodwill towards the film it kind of yeah. goes to me through and i maybe maybe it'll work better now we know that that's part of the beast on yeah. second viewing i i still i know what you mean like i loved the super eight intercut archive footage oh, of just yeah. women and families the, and mothers and 
but 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 I can understand if some people found that just completely out of place. Not the, the not first needed. time that it showed Bobby was trying to figure out like who was playing with her, and it just shows this very quick mm. vertical slice of someone's life of yeah. their daughter growing up and rejecting like the love Jessie of her mother. In Toy Story very Two, much Jesse Toy Story Two. And I just was already like, oh my god, it's yeah. gonna get me. And then it's you know the reveal of uh, obviously America America Ferrera plays the regular woman, yeah. and there's that reveal that it's actually the inverse, which I thought was really nice. But yeah, then. The, the celebrate, as you said in your main review, a celebration of women and the roles yeah. that women play and, and how they like, we have such a close connection to everyone in family and the use of that film yeah. is just really, really and beautiful. I, and I felt a connection from that film back to Joe March in Little Women. Yes. I yeah. felt, and I could see, and Lady Bird as well. Like yeah. I could see Gerwig's fingerprints on this. And I, and I, what I like is that for, for a film that is so much of its own brand and iconic Barbie figure, mm. it sits very comfortably on the shelf with the other two Greta Gerwig films. And I look at the three films she's oh, made yeah, as a filmmaker and I think, what a great set. Yeah. What already, I, you know, for all your issues with it, whatever. I mean, I still think Little Women is, is unbelievable. You know, I think it's great. Yeah. And then the more I think about that film, the more I think that film is like climbing up the ranks of one to stick around for the ages. Mm. But um, this is a, a welcome entry into yeah. filmography. Did you enjoy the musical numbers? The Ken, uh, I think... Ken v. Ken bit. I, I liked the Ken I v. Ken D-Day thing. The, I laughed at the the the, the visuals of the, of the dance. I think yeah. I think after a while, the song was like, I didn't. I don't think I needed this to get to get my the point. It right, laboured, yeah. it, not laboured. It, it, it made the, the, Ken, the, the Ken thing kind of went on for a while yeah. and almost pulled focus away from Barbie. But um, yeah, it was like, yeah. To me, those totally kind of worked in it because those were like studio set jib camera yes, movements, yeah, I which really felt in peace with the setting. And I was like, oh, like that's really cool. That sequence works. A sequence to me that didn't work, and I'm kind of just running through some criticisms, is the chase scene between Will Ferrell and the corporates through the office. Oh, no, I liked that. The Mattel. Oh, see, I found that really weird. No, they no, were no. like running weirdly. Yes, but like they suspended on string. No, it's. And I was like, what? You've what got this kind of. Again, you've got this hyper formal. <laughs> Yeah, hyper formal setting where there's strict structures and strict things, and 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 they're they're operating in a certain way. Yes, I know that might seem weirdly stylized, but um, I, like, like, I like the whole sequence for showing the, the way the different way that I think that men and women interact with the problem. So the, the, <laughs> sure, the keep yeah. it when when Barbie goes over the um, when she she runs past the security <laughs> gate, she just goes <laughs> over it, and then all the men run up and they just suddenly go, "We haven't got a key pass. <laughs> yeah, well, go get my key pass." And he like throws it at it, and then he's like. Oh God! No, it's over there. <laughs> like that, I thought was like, we never needed it. We never needed it. Ridiculous and like you know uh, over the top. But I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I do see what you're saying there. The bit that I always thought was strange. You know, when that they wave goodbye to Barbie and everyone's like waving like that. You know, when they yeah, they wave, yeah, they wave, yeah, yeah. As she walks off with Ruth, they all kind of wave like that, and America Ferrera kind of looks around and does the same thing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that we, we don't need this joke about the way that people wave. Is that a very Barbie thing yeah. to wave like that? What? And it's like, you know when um, she goes to confront um, uh, the girl in the school and oh, yeah. she's dressed in like, you know, cowboy Barbie regalia. Yeah. And I'm just like, there was, it was, no one was weirded out enough that a woman dressed in pink or bright blue walked into a school and that Ken, another grown up, just walked into the school. I know, but that, I, I thought that too, but I also think that's part of the kind of hyper real stuff. Like, yeah. Like, and uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But then, like, you also have a car chase and you also have America yeah. Ferrera drawing Barbie, which makes Barbie. Yeah. I think I just kind of took it, it takes a leap. And I think, 
I think it, you can kind of fold it back into the stuff. But it, you're, I agree. When Barbie was talking to the young daughter, I was thinking, so she's pretty much just accepted straight away that this woman is basically a, some sort of manifestation of Barbie. It's like there's a lot. And there's like a lot of attempts at like different tones yeah. all right after each other. And I think it can be slightly jarring to be like, do I like this? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Um, one thing I really enjoyed was Kate McKinnon as the weird Barbie. Mm. I'll be honest. There's been a lot of, I've really enjoyed Kate McKinnon in select SNL sketches, but I do not think a film has been able to properly no. nail down her comedy. Yeah. I thought she was so funny in yeah. this. And also the idea of the weird Barbie, yes. that a little girl like took too far and drew on and cut yeah. the hair off and bent the legs round the back, but has been like rejected, but obviously still has a place in the toy box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was so, so funny. And it was like, you're really weird. And she's like, yeah, but I'm owning it. Yeah. And and she's like really resourceful and has knowledge and she's a little bit older. Yeah. Have you got a map? Yeah, I've got a huge one. Like pull down <laughs> yeah. the thing. I drew it myself. <laughs> and um, yeah, just like embracing the weirdness of it. Yeah. And I, I thought it was, it was just dense with, yeah. with comedy last. I thought Kate McKinnon was really, really good. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. She hasn't always worked for me, but I think she was great in this. Good little John Cena walk-in moment, which I really <laughs> yeah. uh, thought was funny. Dua Lipa yeah, 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 out there yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Billie Eilish song, Dua Lipa song. That's it, Lizzo Mark song. Mark did all the Yeah, the and one song, group had Slash and Wolfgang Van Halen on guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm staying for these credits. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, the, um, the joke I really enjoyed was the um, one about when Alan, they tried to leave Kendom and Alan's like, as soon as they those Kens figure out that they need to build the wall sideways and not upwards. And then like, they're just there. I really liked when um, Ken, Ken is like discovering the the real world and how he, he really believes he could just do anything. And it just cuts to him in hospital. And he's like, no. And the doctor's like, no, I won't let, the female yeah. doctor's like, no, I won't let you do an appendectomy. Yeah. And he's like, but I'm a man. And he's like, but not a doctor. And Kelly's like, can I talk to a doctor? Doctor, and she's like, you are talking to a doctor. And he's like, and I need a clicky pen. Yeah. No, and a sharp thing. No, there he is, doctor. Like somebody get security. Yeah. <laughs> and like a woman, the idea that a woman asked me for at the time, she respects me. Yeah, it's yeah. like he has all the watches on. There's this great moment where like, and I get on this later where they've, they've done everything with these two in the real world. They realize they need to go back to Barbie land. And uh, Barbie's with America Ferrera and her kid. And they're like, we're really, we're just gonna go into like an unknown world? What about dad? Is he gonna be okay? <laughs> Dad's gonna be fine. Cut to dad. Afromos, a cliente. <laughs> it's just him doing his yeah. like- Duolingo. Duolingo. Yeah. <laughs> I love so hard at that. Um, oh. But yeah, guys, those were just some extended uh, spoiler thoughts on the film Barbie. As always, please let us know your thoughts to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And if you haven't checked out the full episode, we gave way more thoughts in our in our full episode on episode 86. So go check that out if you haven't. Guys, Barbie is finally out and it is made to be seen on the big screen. And View has the ultimate seat, screen and sound experience. They have great value screenings every day from as little as $4.99 when booked online in selected venues. Guys, View has got a brand new exclusive candy floss flavoured Tango Ice Blast to celebrate the release of Barbie. They sold 26,000 litres of it in the opening weekend, so wow. it must be good. They also have new exclusive Coke Fusion flavours that are made for popcorn pairs so perhaps you fancy going with something sweet with cherry vanilla for Barbie or something salty with orange cherry for Oppenheimer. View has loads of Barbie and Oppenheimer screenings coming out in the next few weeks. So it's very easy for you to make your own Barbenheimer double bill if you fancy. You can find more info on screenings at myview.com. So just to come in with some spoiler impressions of Oppenheimer. Guys, if you haven't heard our full spoiler-free thoughts, go back to our uh, full episode where we talked about impressions of Oppenheimer. One of the sort of main 
reveals that sort of forms the third hour, mm. the third act of this film, is how Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Levi Strauss intersects with Oppenheimer, right? So Louis Strauss. Lu- sorry, Louis Strauss intersects with uh, Oppenheimer. And, you know, the, the intersection of communism and the Communist Party in Oppenheimer's early life, mm. affecting everything, how that intersected with his marriage, former love life, and there's this dynamic of, towards the end of the film, it comes apparent how in 1954 and the 1959 subplots are connected. We learn that Strauss was responsible for the creation of the committee reviewing Oppenheimer's security clearance, right? Even though he was a supporter and friend of Oppenheimer, like he, he invites him to mm. be a college, is it, is it Berkeley at that time? Uh, yeah, Princeton. Where, uh, whatever. Where, where Einstein just like chills by the, by by the, the lake. Pond, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Strauss was secretly nursing a grudge against him for years from two incidents where um, there's one is a day where Oppenheimer supposedly turns to Einstein and turns him against Strauss, which we learned to be not true. And another one during a general advisory committee of atomic scientists where Strauss is humiliated in front of his colleagues by Oppenheimer. So that sort of is where that intersection of Robert Downey Jr.'s character. So I watched it for two hours. I was thinking like, how is that going to... I already knew annoyingly that he was going to be put against him. I was like, where does that come from? Mm. Um, we talked about the problems of, you know, that like presenting that information. I thought, as we said, Robert Downey Jr. Mm. really does do an incredible job in a role that we've, we, I sort of like, he's been stuck on, it looks like he's stuck on Iron Man for yeah, such yeah, a long yeah. time. And he's so great at Iron Man. And it's yeah. the role that he'll be defined for. But like, he really, really could hold his own with Alden with Ehrenreich in there as well. Yeah, I, I, every time I see Alden Ehrenreich, I'm like, I'm so glad you've continued to have a career because you did Solo, which was yeah. such a disaster. But he was that, good in Solo. No, he was good in Solo. Yeah. My point is, and I was like, I was worried that his one shot at being a career actor yeah. was smothered by the, the, the shite. He had his solo. like discovery in Hail Caesar in that scene. Yeah, and then and straight away like, plucked uh, a Solo, yeah. Solo and hits the ground, and then I didn't see him in anything. I think he was in a TV series, Brave New World. He was in Cocaine Bear earlier this year. Uh, yeah. And when he was in this, I was like, oh, good, you you are still. We were to get like two solo sequels or something. Nope. Yeah. Um, but it leads to you know this very cool final scene where um, Doctor Oppenheimer is talking to you know to Albert Einstein right about the fears of the technologies loosened upon the world. And while they now know that what they initially thought was that if you did an atomic bomb, mm. it would create an unsustainable chain reaction that would ignite the atmosphere yeah. and destroy the entire world. And we saw that visualized in a couple of mm. ways. What we then learned was that actually what he did ignite was the enthusiasm and the desire yeah. now that everyone has seen the nuclear bomb. Yes. That in a lot of ways, while it didn't spread fire across the planet, it spread the knowledge of the nuclear yeah. bomb and the potential to use it and the yeah. desire to develop it is in a lot of ways just as destructive. Very Promethean. And I think that, you know, the inclusion of Albert Einstein as a film, I think, is a bold one. It could be very easy to have Einstein in your film and act as this like all-knowing mm. genius father who can come and impart wisdom a couple of times and then yeah. leave. I actually thought the inclusion of Einstein was very well done. Yeah, I think that there was something quite interesting. I talked about sort of the idea of passing on knowledge down and like mm. hand-scrawled notes you pass on to someone. I, I really like that idea. And Einstein sort of had this sense where he published the theory of relativity like 30 years ago and it, he he was very much dealing with the ramifications mm. of his work being interpreted and very much being the seminal science for how the nuclear bomb mm. was being discovered and he's almost like imparting his wisdom but there's very little he can do mm. i actually really thought that to, is it tom conti yeah tom conti yeah tom conti was really really good in that. Yeah. How, how did you find that another another um 
No, I agree. I liked, I liked the inclusion of uh, Einstein. You've actually, sorry, not to detract from your question, yeah. but you've reminded me of another person who I really enjoyed in this. I forget the actor's name, but the actor who's in 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yes. And he turns in this giving big Bruno Kirby energy. And if anyone knows Bruno Kirby, he was an actor who was in Godfather Part Two as young Clemenza. He was in Good Morning Vietnam. And he was in um, When Harry Met Sally. And then he, I think he died very young, sadly, of cancer. But like... This guy, Ben. David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz, that's it. He turns up as, uh, is it Rudy? His name is? Isidore uh, uh, Isaac Rabbi. 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 I think it's Rabbi. He says, he's great. And, and really the sort of, he's the prick in Oppenheimer's conscience about the wider things that are happening in the world. And he's, yeah. they have this conversation with Oppenheimer's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's wrapped up in physics. And the other guy's like, yeah, but you're Jewish as well. Mm. And do you not see the way that people talk about Jews here? You're not seeing it. It's also very interesting to see some of the other scientists reveal their intentions for wanting to work on this in the first place. And they ask that guy, how, how long have you been British for? And it's like, until Hitler told me I was no longer German. Yeah. yeah like yeah, a foops. lot, of the, a lot yeah. of the scientists on there were Jewish. Oppenheimer yeah. Jewish. I do, uh, again, I felt like a couple of times, like Benny Safdie's characters tell her, like, yeah. I became increasingly aware of the fact that I guess you're a, a significant scientist. Forgive me for not knowing my Yeah, physicist. I think I quickly, once you mentioned hydrogen, I was like, okay, that must be the hydrogen guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the hydrogen guy? Yeah. And, I, and I, I I spoke to someone who didn't know, not, not that I'm judging, they didn't know the difference between an atomic bomb and a hydrogen bomb. Right. I kind of did know the yeah, hydrogen bomb was bigger, which I think yeah. helped me. Uh, I thought Benny Safdie was really good in it. Great, I love it. Very Benny sweaty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really like the moment where, this is a cool moment, like right in the lead up to the Trinity test. They're just like, they've got, no idea they're like are you sure this is the radius shouldn't we yeah. be farther back well based on your calculations they should be this far yeah. and you realize oh my god it's just some numbers on a chalkboard it's what yeah. they're facing and it's like okay so lie down on the floor face the other way and yeah. only turn around once the light is gone yeah. and Benny, uh, Benny Safdie is just there lathering factor yeah. 50 on yeah. his face and he points to the other guy he's like what are you doing with the glass he's like well the glass might yeah. Smash you. And you're just like, it's yeah. just the Wild West yeah. of ideas. But no, I thought Benny Safdie was very, very good. So we touched on this in our main review. And one of my, my criticisms was that I don't think, for, for all the brilliance of Nolan's technicality, I do sometimes think he doesn't do people very well. And the scene I was talking about is related to Florence Pugh. And it's, it's where Nolan goes, no, I'm going to show him an interpersonal relationship here and I'm going to present it. So here is Killian Murphy in his, here is Killian Murphy. There, I almost slipped into it. In his hearing, in his little room. Tiny kangaroo court. Tiny kangaroo court. court, court and we have him talking about his relationship with Gene Tatlock and the, their affair. And the camera pans behind a man, uh, a silhouette of a man, as we're focused on Killian Murphy. And as it comes out the other side, Kitty Murphy is completely nude, well, covered by the table, but uh, naked in the way that he is in this story that he is telling. Yes, and he has, I to, get he, it. he has to admit the affair that he's had. With his wife sat behind his wife him. Sat behind and him. I get it, absolutely. You feel exposed, you feel naked. And then we cut to a bit where um, in the same room, Florence Pugh is then also naked, astride him, yeah. um, looking at um, Emily, Emily Blunt while she makes love to Oppenheimer. And me saying it, and it on paper yeah. sounds quite good. Cinematically revealed, doesn't work at all. Yeah. Frankly, for me, it, it was just kind of like, it wasn't like laughable or anything. It was just more like, you, no, no, I just don't think you get this moment, Nolan. I don't think this this nugget has been, I don't think you get the emotional thing of what's happening. I think you could have presented this. It made me feel uncomfortable and not in a way that like, oh God, yeah, the film's making yeah. real cuts, but I felt, yeah. I was like, I think almost. GCSE sort of. Yeah, I'll give it A level. Yeah, 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 all right, all right. It's illegal to do. Students' union at best. That was the one moment I just thought, maybe stick to the technical stuff. I'm sorry, again, I feel like I'm being too negative, but 
like I said before, it is one of those things where Nolan is one of the biggest directors on the planet, releasing one of the biggest films of the year, mm. literally one of the biggest films. Um, uh, sometimes it's easier to see slight misshapes and tears in the fabric. Um, but for the bigger picture the wider tapestry of the film I think we were both really enjoyed on like people I, I really do rate Emily Blunt as an actor and I've enjoyed her in many other things I did watch a lot of the early scenes in the first half of the film with Emily Blunt and I thought Oh, really? I, d- I don't know if it's the dialogue or like, just like, you know, we talked about that scene where she grabs the alcohol and she's a distressed mother and the baby's crying uh, and often I've yeah. asked to take the baby and give it and I get, you know, the toll that the project is taking. And I was a little bit like, oh, it's like, it, this character is almost there. And they have these little sayings between each other. But I thought was a really great moment was when Kitty testified in the in the kangaroo court yeah i thought oh my god like there's emily blunt that was a really great moment and it was she she sort of had every reason to not do that and i saw the camera was right up to her and she was holding her own against Mm, the against jason clark and i thought oh my god that was brilliant that's why emily grant's so great but it was i was like waiting for yeah i think that moment i put that purely down to the script i I think that's what it is i will also say that moment where she comes alive in the in the in the meeting room which i enjoyed but i was also that's when i was losing my grip and i was thinking i wish I knew more to enjoy this scene. Yeah. I can't, and I guess I'm going to have to go back around and go do mm. the ride all over again. It, need, it does need to rewatch this of film. It, it really does. does. And what I like, I mean, with Tenet, when people said like, you need to rewatch it, I kind of rejected that and said, no, I think this film is inherently flawed. I saw it again and I was still confused. Exactly. Whereas yeah. this one, I admit that I'm like, I do appreciate because thank God it's tethered to reality and tethered to history yeah. that I could watch it again and get more out of it. Um, I want to pick up on some really amazing sound design things, which would be a spoiler if I, I think personally a spoiler if I revealed them. I think in one of the first ever opening sights and sounds in this film is this sound that I could describe as like a rum, rum. And it it almost could be the sound of explosions in slow motion. Mm. And I only later noticed that it is referencing a moment in his life when the Trinity test is successful yeah. and it's the stamping of feet yeah. of, of excitement and this yeah. like there's a sense that this sonic boom has spread across the world yeah. and this this horror that, that the sound I just thought had a horrifying sense of dread and when when the feet are stamping mm. it was like shaking the earth yeah. to its core and I, I just I found that so unsettling and the film is fucking loud by yeah, the way yeah, yeah, the yeah. film really just just screams at you and um I must say there are just so many amazing moments where the sound really affected me where the wobble of the of the walls behind him in the hearing mm. of sense that like a yeah. nuclear bomb could at any yeah. minute just eviscerate this entire planet. Incredible moments when they, you know, they, they again, build up to the Trinity test. They have the bomb in like a big yeah. box crate and it's very tense and someone gets out a knife to cut the box yeah. open. The guy's like, no, 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 no yeah. very careful. And you just get a sense, like, does anyone no, yeah, know? The and then they open the bo- bomb. It's incredibly analog. There's gaffer tape, yeah. wires sticking out anywhere. That is like one person's watch hooking onto it yeah. to unplugging it. And then they reveal the, the plutonium or uranium, the thing that they've been mining for months, like very painstakingly yeah. showing you visually, which I quite liked actually, mm. how, how much needed to be mined yeah. with the marbles. And then they open it and it's this metal cylinder. And like, I don't know what the hell, uranium, yeah. but there's this very subtle cracking of a Geiger counter yeah, yeah, yeah. to let you know that what they're handling is very unstable, yes. very delicate in the time when everyone's rushing around. Yeah. And then to pick it up, two scientists holding either side of oh, a stick, gotcha. like reaching over to line up and there's just this yeah. 
Because yeah. it, it's lowered in. Very much appreciated. Very much. And when the bomb is uh, raised up, the rattly. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, the threadbare nature of it. Yeah. Threadbare nature of it. The, the Daniel Plainview oil rig ready to yeah, blow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought it was creaking and wobbling. And I was like, if it falls, does it blow up? Yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. Does everyone need to go? And I, I'd get the, the rising attention to that and so many little parts of it I thought were just so well done. Yeah, I. Um, I uh, I would just say about Kenneth Branagh. Typically, refuses to be English. Yeah, uh, typically when Kenneth Branagh, turn, look, I, I I don't mind Kenneth Branagh, but typically, what I, I don't mind him turning. Well, I, I get a little bit annoyed when he turns up doing a funny accent, and like in Tenet, I didn't I didn't think he worked. In this, obviously, he's playing Niels Bohr, right? Who yeah. was Danish? Yes. I'm not sure. Yes, he was Danish. European, yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually didn't find Kenneth Branagh's. Uh, inclusion distracting mm. or uh, irrelevant at all and he has some of the good lines he says no no you've, you've given them the power to destroy themselves mm. um yeah i think it's a strong film from nolan i just think it's like i said the things i'm pulling nolan up on are things that are just inherent to him mm. in a way so that's why that's why i said it might come down in the main review that's why i said it might come down to taste a, a piece of it i thought was interesting and i think on our on our point i think could have been more impactful if it had been given time to breathe is you know progressing to the end of the second world war the news is out that hitler's probably dead mm. and it's this conversation of like okay well hang on if Hitler's why, dead, why are we yeah. still making this yeah and it's this really uncomfortable conversation of I think it's also Oppenheimer realizing that you know you can't unmake this. Mm. That the, this is no longer about World War II; it's about everything else, and uh, just this <clears throat> excuse me, horrifying conversation mm. with the president deciding where they're going to drop the bomb. Mm. And uh, yeah, I I love this period of history. It's it's so mm. fascinating, and you realize how how much to an extent the entire world was literally about to blow itself up. But this is a moment where they're going, where are we gonna, you know, where are we gonna drop it? And why should well, we should do oh, one, yeah, yeah. and then we should probably do another one to let them know not that we to let them know that we have it, yeah. and let them know that we're willing to use it again. Yeah. And the we matter of fact it. nature yeah. in which they go, yeah, well, not Kyoto because um, yeah. I went on a family holiday with yeah. them. It'd be a real shame for us to yeah. to blow that up. The cold, the meaningless futility. Uh, just oh, just and then, and then that's when Oppenheimer's kind of realizing the blood he has on his hands. I think the the decision to show or not show the images from Hiroshima, which I think unfortunately all of us have seen at mm. some point if you've ever studied mm. any period of history you've known but seeing the look on Oppenheimer's face mm. I think choosing to withhold that I think mm. it, it's enough like you you know yeah. you know what a we we no one was good at demonstrating the power of the nuclear bomb mm. in a lot of ways also a lot of films I don't think um usually when a nuke goes off in a film it's often like whoa cool is that like really rude to say but in this film I was like whoa well I, I, <laughs> it's the only time i've been like shit that's really terrible well in this yeah you mean like in like you were uh, underwhelmed with the explosion no 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 no. i'm saying in a lot of other films the introduction of a nuke oh he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah it's like a fantastical yeah. when they're like oh what a, what a horrible weapon of death it's the first time i feel like a nuclear bomb is really a lovely, lovely room of death yeah. yeah like you know the skin peeling off i'm like oh they've actually properly been taught about the horrors yeah. of how this would actually play out um, I mean, you're kind of psyching me up to watch it again. Gary Oldman coming in for that <laughs> one scene. Oppenheimer sits down. With, is it the defense secretary's in the room as well. I guess, yeah. And he says, uh, "I feel you know." Truman is congratulating him on the success of the Trinity, Pro the Trinity Project, and he says, "You know, I feel like I have blood on my hands." Mm. And Truman just gets out a handkerchief, hands mm. it to him, and he says, "Do you think anyone in Nagasaki gives a shit?" who created the bomb yeah this is going to save millions of lives and it's that that idea of you know japan japan would have surrendered 
Mm. And Fran would never have surrendered, which, you know, I think, like, historically, you can look back at that and say it's bullshit for so many yeah. reasons. But that justification, just so cold. And again, I loved, I loved discovering that period of history and mm. the way in which it was uncovered with people in a room. Mm. Scientists in a room who are, they're, they're like, under, they understand physics. Yeah. But it's like they're also making the decision and enabling the decision makers to do that. Yeah. So the way the bomb, I'm, I'm just rambling, the way the bomb was packaged up immediately after the Trinity test yeah, and no, sent and yeah, to the and, US and, government. Um, Damon's, I'm off to Potsdam to tell yeah. Truman that, like, we can, yeah. Oh, and uh, did he tell, like, will you keep me in touch? As much as I can. Did he tell Stalin about it? Um, he said, we have a weapon yeah. and, uh, we, you know, we, we you know, better to use it. Um, yeah. Oppenheimer. It's also an interesting, sorry, another thing. The, the, the flashbacks of Jean, Vodgepi's yes. character, where it was inferred that she had either killed herself or, or been had killed. been murdered. Yes, I asked I thought my was girlfriend about that. One. She thought that was a metaphor for him feeling like he, he was at blame. He sort of absolving himself from blame. No, 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 the opposite. I think he was thinking of himself physically pushing her under. But I thought, oh, it, was wow. a, I thought it was a covert government. Thing. Yeah, that was the yeah. thought. But, uh, is it almost like she probably did kill herself, but he's almost wishing that it was someone else? I don't know. I think it's just an inference to be like, maybe she was bumped off. I did enjoy the suspense of like how how like the com where a communist spy would come from, how that would involve. Because you know, it obviously did. I, I would say I loved the brief inclusion of Casey Affleck giving this yeah. real menace. Well, what did you say about? Your... <laughs> yeah. Where is he from? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Boris Pash. That's a good place. His mouth barely moves. Yeah. But but it's like, squinting. Was he a member of the party? Was it? Yeah. Chevalier, huh? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Chevalier, but, um, oh. yeah. So again, I think the more we talk about it, the more it comes back to me. And like I said, it's such. There's a, a lot in there. It's a dense fruit cake of a film. You know, you get like a fruit it's loaf. Really got to push that slice in there. Oh, it's a heavy sponge. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'm now more after chatting yes. with you. I'm more excited to see it again. Me too. Actually. Um, and I'll, I think I will report back on my second viewing. I have to prep myself for that day. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I will, like, slap my face, smash yeah. myself a cold water, scream into a pillow, and then go in. It, do you think Nolan took inspiration from that scene in Terminator Two, where Sarah Connor goes to the the playground and then she has a, you know, it's like, Aah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, there's just some yes. spoiler. It's a bit more rambly our spoiler chats. We're yeah. just sort of throwing in things we want to pick up on that are that are there. I, I really think it, despite criticism i really think it's essential viewing for anyone listening i mm. think it's really worth going and seeing go and see it in the cinema absolutely. if you're gonna see it it's, it's oh it really it, it, is absolutely. a very impactful and suspenseful experience um it's very intense like yes. i would just preface it before yeah. you go and bring dark yeah. mom and dad and yeah. like just be like guys there's gonna be a lot it's gonna be dark you're gonna yeah. have a lot of thoughts i i did enjoy the wide the very last wide of planet earth mm, the, the fire, fire spreading across yeah. it and einstein basically telling him like basically you've already done it mm. guys that was our spoiler thoughts on oh, oppenheimer. oppenheimer thank you so much for joining us for them um, don't forget we post new episodes of the show every single wednesday we love doing all of these songs we love doing the spoiler cast of them see you for the main episode next week yeah and in the meantime if you want to keep it up to date follow us on instagram tiktok Give us a like, give us a subscribe, and on YouTube as well. 